Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 74 for October 16th, 2006. <laughs> Greetings, folks! Welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. Man, that hurt my throat. Holy smokes. How are you, John? My ears. <laughs> you drink some co- extra coffee tonight? No, I've got a cold today. So uh, oh, oh, so it's the uh, antihistamines. Yeah. No, I actually, I haven't taken anything. It's interesting. It's the first cold I've had since I stopped eating dairy, whatever it was, six months ago. And uh, so I almost didn't know that I had a cold. But anyway, it, it, my, my throat isn't doing so well. Uh, which is great because John emailed me earlier today and told me that he had been to the Digital Life Show last week on behalf of TMO and had all kinds of stuff to talk about, which is just great because that way John can uh, can carry some of the load here for me. Give me a rest. You can give me a rest. That's right. Give it a rest. Uh, and then we've got uh, some follow-up from our keyboard shortcuts discussion and then depending on where we are and how we're feeling and how you're feeling. Uh, we may answer some of your questions, and we'll go from there. So, I feel uh, good. <laughs> got Ladies and gentlemen, guest hosting in place of John Braun, Mr. James Brown. No, huh? Sorry. So tell us about this show. Where You went to this show in uh, New Delhi, is that right, John? <laughs> no, I don't think that's in the budget. No, so this is a, a show called Digital Life. Cheap, hotels um, are cheap. It's uh, run by uh, Ziff Davis, who you uh, may have heard of. Uh, and apparently this is, um, it's the third year they've done it. Uh, it was running for four days. I went on the opening day, Thursday. It was at the Javits Center in New York City. Yeah. Which uh, is just a, uh, you know, a lovely little train ride from, uh, from where, I'm at, where I'm at. Right. And I hope they replace those trains someday, at least on our line. But anyway, so it's four days. And, and I, w- I went for the, the first day um, where they had the keynote. And also they have this kind of special thing, which is nice, where they... Uh, they let the uh, the press and the VIPs um, loose on the floor a couple hours before the uh, oh, that's masses. Nice. That's so you nice. Kind of get a little uh, FaceTime with the uh, with the vendors because sometimes that's really tough during some of the other shows we've been at to cut through the crowds. So did you go to the keynote? I went to the keynote. Well, they had a couple of keynotes. They they had a the, the first thing they had was kind of a panel of uh, you know different vendors talking about where they saw the future of devices. It was mm, okay. wasn't that interesting. But then they had. The keynote uh, by Microsoft, who seems to be one of the big sponsors of the show, okay. uh, sponsoring all sorts of events, and and I would say it's um you know it's not a, a Windows only show because obviously you know you'll see we'll link to some of the articles. There's a uh, you know plenty of vendors showing Mac stuff, not just iPod stuff. Uh, a lot of people we saw at PPME were there also, uh, which was nice to see them again after only a couple of weeks. Um, but basically, the guy was highlighting. Uh, Call this this OS there uh, Vista. Uh, there you go. Hey, and basically that this was uh, I guess the uh, the product manager for uh, Vista, and he was basically telling the crowd about all the great stuff that's going to be in Vista that's just going to blow you away. All right, so uh, us being uh, jaded Mac users, what uh, and, and and we'll we'll accept that it's coming with from that bent. But uh, was there uh-huh. anything in Vista that actually impressed you? Uh, because and I and I asked this not. Uh, not as a setup. I mean, it's a great setup because it's not just you and me. It's it's you know our our, our listening audience here and and you. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I haven't spent a whole lot of time with Vista. In fact, I've I've spent no time with Vista. I've read a little bit about it. Uh, you know, listened to to different people talk about it. But 
for you, was there anything in it that either you knew about or didn't know about that that impresses you still to this day about about uh, the upcoming Vista? You know, I wanted to start with the things that didn't impress me, but I will start with the things that. Let's start. Me. Let's start high, and then we'll 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 sink from there. Okay. Okay. Um, some things that really caught my eye. I don't know if we're going to see them in Leopard or not, but um, so one thing is that it's very family friendly. Okay. Um, this is one thing that caught my eye is, uh, you can set up user accounts with some very um interesting limitations, especially for the kiddies. Um, even more so than OS ten. Well, I don't know if OS ten has a heck of a lot in there that oh, can yeah. really, really based on a on a rating system, yep. uh, shield people from it. Uh, but they did have this in Vista. Oh yeah, uh, they would have ways. For example, you know, if a game is rated a certain way, uh, oh. you can't play it. So, oh, wow. you know, so so for the Wii ones who uh, you, you may not want them playing a uh, Doom or you know the other you know gore fests that sure. they have there. Sure. Um. So it can limit. You know the uh, you know to a certain extent you know sites people can go to it can it can it will allow you you know to say okay you know you can only play games at a certain level um, so I thought that was that was interesting and nothing that I've seen at least built into OS ten I know they have products like Kids Go 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 and right and a right. few other things that will add that to uh, to the Mac uh, so so that was one thing that I think is uh, at this point you know when they do release it which it sounds like uh, next uh, beginning of next year or end of this year okay. I'm not quite sure the exact date. Um, so that caught my eye. That was very nice um, that they really put some thought into that. So if you have a shared machine, you can set up individual accounts and, and really tune what the person can and cannot see. Interesting. Well, you um, know, on, in OS 10, I mean, you can you can set which apps the, the kids can open, but but you have to decide specifically which ones. And then, of course, with with the web browser and and uh, you, you can set certain sites and limit things out that way. But uh, mm -hmm. that's that's interesting. OK, interesting. Yeah, so I thought that was nice. Yeah. Um, another thing I saw was, and this was just a really neat touch, and something we've all run into. Um, and this is more in, a, I guess, IE7, which is a Internet Explorer browser, which is coming up. Yep. They have a feature so that when you print a page, if it doesn't fit on the page, it'll fit it to the page. So when you print it out, and, and I've had this happen in Safari, and you probably have too. When yep. you print out something on a web page, and what's on the right side runs over. Yeah. And it's like, why can't they fix that? And that that would seem to be a pretty straightforward thing to do. Safari so, uh, does some of that, no? Well, I I still have web pages where I go to. If I just default and I just say print, really, uh, I'll get stuff running off the right side. Huh. So I don't know if it's just the pages are too big, or you know they're not sizing it correctly. Um, but but that was a nice little touch. That is nice. Yeah. Um, they do have this new security feature, and of course the thing is that you really kind of need this sort of thing with the uh, you know boatloads of malware and viruses. <laughs> That's and right. All this. The, uh, relative to the Mac, of course. Um, but, but they had a very good example. Again, this was uh, IE7, which uh, you know, is kind of going to be paired with, uh, with Vista, I guess, or it's going to be the default browser. Um, the guy went through an example where he went to this web page, and it kept coming up with those warnings that you know, when you use Windows, mostly you dismiss them. They're like, you know, unsigned control, and do you want to install this? Do you want to install that? And from what I can see, they're really creating what is kind of a sandbox, because the guy actually got to a point where he... The malware thought that it modified something in the OS, but, but from what I can see, and I'll have to read up on it, it creates a little sandbox. So the malware thinks that it destroyed something, but it, it actually didn't. So on the one hand, it's nice to have that feature. On the other hand, it's not nice that you have it. That you uh, need to have it, sure, sure. That you need to have it. Um, 
So that was nice. And then also, from what I can see, uh, Media Center yep. uh, is built into Vista. And I would say Media Center is probably uh, on par and probably a little bit nicer. And they've had four years to go at it right now. So, yeah. you know, manages your music and your TV shows and, and stuff like that. And that's a part of it. And Media Center looks pretty darn nice. I, I don't know why it really hasn't. At least my perception is it really hasn't taken off when compared to things like TiVo. It, well, yeah, and I think I, honestly I think it will. I th- you know they've got the media center extender for Xbox, right? So if you're if you own the mm-hmm. Xbox, you then basically you've got the ITV functionality um, right there. It, I I think with with more you know more of that coming into into place, I think it it should take off. You're right. You're right. It uh, it's certainly the kind of thing that. It is out there. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Now, there t- was a whole bunch of stuff though that you looked at it and you're like, "Boy, that looks just like the Mac." I mean, yeah. The, the visuals, yeah. spotlight, search stuff, um, all sorts of things. There were a lot of familiar things, and you know, no one company. I mean, they both borrow from one another. Sure. It's just sure because everybody's been waiting for so long for this thing. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, I think uh, you know Vista is going to be uh, something. Uh, you know, it'll raise the bar. That's good. That and that's a good thing. Yeah. Until Leopard comes out. <laughs> Until Le- that's right. Yeah. And who knows? Leopard might be out before Vista is, right? Uh, no, be. I don't think could so. Be. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. I don't know if we'll see it at Macworld. I think we may see a version. Did you think they're going to release it? At Macworld? They, have they given a ship date yet for it? I think they said, you know, first first part of, of 07. So, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. So All right, enough so, about Windows. If you haven't already turned turned off the show, that's right. And I and I, I turned off. The, I had the speakers on in the room. I'm an idiot. So about halfway through that, when you heard the echo go away, folks, that's that's why I uh, I you? caught that and turned it down. Yeah. Um. But that's not what was causing what was going on before during our sound check, mm. John. But anyway, right. uh, you said you saw some additional products there. What what's something that you saw for the Mac that surprised you that uh, that you liked? Ah, uh, let's see. For the Mac, for the Mac. Well, there there were a lot of things that were cross-platform. Okay. Good. Um, I would say probably one of the neater things yep. was um, Belkin makes something called the Belkin Tune Stage 2. Okay. Uh, and basically what this is, now they already have a Tune Stage 1, so this is just an evolution of the product. But it's two pieces. It's a uh, So it uses Bluetooth, uh, and actually the newer product uses Bluetooth 2 EDR, which I believe is Enhanced Data Rate. Yep. So it's... Uh, so it's faster uh, throughput. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. Um, but you get two pieces. So you get the receiver, and that hooks up to whatever audio system that you have. And then you have the transmitter that goes into your iPod. Oh, okay. okay. So the gist is that for about 30 feet, and uh, and from what I saw, it doesn't you know drain the battery. Like, you know, Bluetooth is one of the nice things is that Bluetooth you know, has some pretty modest power requirements. So, right, uh, right. I think they say you can still go on, like on the Nano, I think your battery life goes down from like 12 hours to maybe 7 hours. So, uh, But oh. basically, you plug this thing in your iPod. Right. And, so it cuts uh, it in go... half, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would seem. So, uh, you know, not, not too bad. But you, you can basically boogie around with your iPod and, uh, you know, wherever you happen to be, and you install this receiver. The nice thing is that the receiver can also pair with other things. So uh, because it, it uh, oh, supports right, something right. Uh, called A2DP, yep. uh, which is uh, Advanced Audio Distribution Profile. So it's not just the iPod. So you can use other things to uh-huh. talk to this. So uh, so this opens up, and, and I know a lot of vehicles now yep. 
are starting to do this, where they will have Bluetooth audio interfaces. So, uh, and I think so that's I what imagine. cell phones use too, right? Yes, they said that. Uh, yes, so if okay. you have a cell phone that supports this Bluetooth uh, profile, yeah, you could also use that to okay. send things to this. So, uh, Bluetooth really seems to be the way huh. to go as far as the uh, wireless now, audio. Now, the interesting part here is that uh, Tiger does not support A2DP. I don't believe, but uh, but Leopard definitely does. The the DP release of of Leopard already has it in it. So. Uh, so that that's also an interesting, interesting little little tidbit there. Of course, with thirty feet, it doesn't give you quite what you need to to really make it work. You know, from from wherever your Mac might be in the house to uh, to you know to your TV, that that would still require an you know an airport like thing. But uh, but still interesting nonetheless. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and the transmitter, I would imagine, if you have a properly equipped vehicle, you could use your iPod to talk to your vehicle's oh, audio system. Oh, right, very cool. So, okay. So that that was not really a Mac thing, though, right? That that's an iPod thing. So, uh, what do you what do you have that actually runs on the Mac that you saw at the show that's cool? Well, you know, actually looking at this stuff, I don't know if anything here. Is I do. Ooh, 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 I know. I want you to tell me about McAfee Site Advisor. Uh, not quite Mac. It, well, it, I'll qualify it. It runs on Firefox. Right. Okay. Which is Mac and... Okay, so I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. So, McAfee, and this is something that uh, they actually acquired the uh, company uh, a little while ago. So, Site Advisor is something that... It is cross-platform. Unfortunately, it's not working on Safari right now. I believe it right. runs on Internet Explorer on Windows because the Mac version is, you know... I think it only works with Firefox. Firefox. I don't know uh, that it works I looked on IE. their site, and I, I think they said they're, they're thinking of IE. Okay, Of course, yeah. IE is dead on, dead on the Mac, so. Right, right. Um, but it's an add-on to Firefox, which is, you know, a top-notch browser, in my yep. opinion. I really like it. Yep. Um, next to Safari, of course. So what it will do is, so they basically have a team of people that will go to websites and basically kind of profile them to, to kind of help you understand, you know, what's going to happen when you go to the site? And, of course, you know, sites such as Mac Observer and iPod Observer, you know, come away with, you know, are just great. Uh, you know, they yeah. will warn you. Uh, I actually saw, you know, a portion where in Google, if you, you know, search for sites and all that, it'll kind of parse that and put yeah. a little symbol next to the site warning you. It'll be either like, you know, green, yellow, or red. Okay. And they'll advise you on nasty things like pop-ups, really? like malware, software that you download from the site is it virus laden or malware or stuff like that and also here's a neat thing too if you give your email address to the site are they going to be honest with it so i guess what they do is they create one-time email addresses sure. and then they find out if it's been you know released to the world yeah or if the site and of course you know tmo uh, i believe we uh, you know have an email newsletter we do and yep. you know and they check this out and you're the only person that you know gets the email from us. We, That's right. We do not. We do not, we do know, not share that stuff with anyone. That's right. So we could profit greatly. We, we, we resist the temptation. We do resist the no. temptation. <laughs> Actually, we, we do. There's, there, there's constantly people, you know, uh, offering to, to pay us for that. But it's, it's, it's a path that we haven't even begun to head yeah. down. It, it's just, well, I mean, it's not worth it. You know, it, it, we, it's we, just not the right thing to do. No, no. And I mean, it, I agree with you. It's not the right thing to do. On top of that, from a strictly, you know, business standpoint, the one-time sellout that we get from selling that list would come back to haunt us many, many, many times over. Uh, even if we did believe in doing it, which, again, for the record, we don't. Um, but, it, you know, I mean, all you folks would hate us, and, and rightly so. So, you know, it's just, it's just not our, our shtick, if you will. And 
And they show other sites that, you know, the, the site in question commonly links to. So, for example, you'll see oh, okay. the you know, Mac Observer. Uh, when I looked, you know, links to Apple.com, the, right. um, you know, links to iPod Observer and, you know, recent things. So you can kind of get, get an mm. idea of, you know, what other sites, uh, what network are they part of. Very cool. So pretty neat stuff, and it's free. And right. I, I, I imagine the incentive is uh, that you know on the page they McAfee advertises some of their other, of course, uh, fine uh, software products. Oh, of course. Of I don't course. think they're. I think they still have antivirus from Mac, though. I don't know how uh, how current it is or how how much you need it. How nice. I I still to this day do not run virus software on my Mac. Um, I I know that it it's altogether likely that that day will come. But uh, or will come again, I should say, right? Because back in the in the OS nine, actually, even before OS nine, in the OS seven days, we were all running disinfectant. But, uh, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much been yeah, end of life. Its its need is expired. So time has passed. It's so, time uh, has passed. That's right. All right. So, so uh, uh, something else. One one other thing that that you saw okay. at the show. All right. One other thing would be the goodies from uh from Maxter. Okay. Which, uh, you know, I think was recently uh, bought by Seagate, but they still maintain the Maxter name. Yeah. And they had a bunch. Now, they have the big kahuna of drives here. Okay. 1.5 terabyte. In one drive, or is it a, a, an uh, enclosure? Two drives. two drives. Enclosure. Okay. Kind of chunky, but 1.5 terabyte. I mean, I never thought I'd be saying terabyte. Yeah. That's terabyte. A, that's a lot. I know. <laughs> You know, and, uh, my first my first hard drive was forty megabytes, not nice. gigabytes, megabytes, and I and that was the upgrade, right? I mean, I had I had yeah. the world by the short hairs there. <laughs> so that was neat. And then a couple of their other drive products, which I I think are are uh, hinting at a trend here. So they have another line called Shared Storage Two, which are would fall into this category I would call NAS, Network Attached Storage. Okay. Which for the most part, uh, the, to describe it in a nutshell, is basically like a little file server. Because it doesn't okay. have a FireWire or USB port. It's a Ethernet. Ethernet. And in this okay. case, gigabit Ethernet. Oh, so wow. I think what they do yeah, is they okay. probably basically put a little SMB stack in there, you know, or, yep. or Apple Talk. I would imagine SMB or some file sharing thing. Right. And it's basically a very quick way to put a nice little file server uh, without having to set up a file server. Um, cool. So that was another product I noticed. And then they have something that uh, it even builds beyond that, and they call it Fusion. Okay. So it's not only a network uh, device, but it has some software in it, and especially now with the browsers uh, supporting things like Ajax, asynchronous Java, and XML. I think. That's Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, web apps are getting a lot more like real apps, and basically, uh, it's a little, it's a little media center. So you can upload pictures, you can upload music. Oh wow. You can group them. You can share them with others. So say you put a hole in your firewall to allow web access to it. So it's like a network drive, but it's tuned to media sharing. And again, this wow. is cross-platform, and they call it Fusion. Okay. okay. I think that's pretty slick, too. So I think so. I think it's really neat that the trend for drives is that they're much more than drives now, is that they're sure. adding more useful things on top of them, and it looks to me that Maxter... Well, is, at a, uh, at a terabyte and a half, it, you know, that, yeah, that's pretty big. And what is it? Well, it's like eight tra- eight hundred bucks for the for the one and a half terabyte unit. Isn't that right? Was it? So, yeah, uh, I thought it was a little less. Yeah, seven 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 ninety nine. Yeah, so that so is retail. A, a little less than eight hundred. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's a just a whopping amount of space there. But you know, with with the files, uh, you know, especially we're now talking HD movies and you know the, things like that. Um, you may need it. Mm-hmm. 
Like, Absolutely. I think so. You may want it. Yeah. You want it. You, you want, want it. it oh, of course I want it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I could tuck it somewhere. You know, I've got Ethernet ports everywhere. In fact, I got Ethernet ports in the basement of my office. I could just tuck it away down there and forget about it. It'd be cool. So, good show. Um, I think for both Mac people, Windows people, or just people that uh, want to see what's out there as far as, uh, you know, electronic devices that are part of your digital life. <laughs> the show, I think it's a, it's a good show to check out. And, you know, you, you can get it this time around if you entered... Uh, the code was insider. You could get a free pass, and you shouldn't have to pay to get into these sort right. of things. Not that we have to, but right. Um, yeah, so it was good stuff. Maybe uh, maybe we'll get a couple more folks to do a bit more coverage next year. Who knows? Cool. So, so I liked it, and I got to hang with some friends. And uh, then afterwards, I did some, uh, you know, did some uh, personal stuff, lunch uh, or dinner up uh, up around uh, Columbia. Visited oh, cool. Some friends there. Cool. This little uh, nice little diner with all sorts of Asian fare. So, anyways, awesome. What's next? Uh, you know, I got an email today from Kenneth, and you know, we have this little thing that we that we uh, this little segment that we do every now and then called "Cool Apps" that either we or you found, and and this is indeed a cool app. It's called SMC Fan Control, and it lets you cool it. off your Intel-based uh, iMac or MacBook or MacBook Pro. And what it, it's a very simple app in design. What they've done is they've figured out how to control the minimum speed of the fan inside your computer. And actually, there's two fans, in, in, at least inside the MacBook Pro. Uh, and I ran this thing. And, and presumably, actually, they've figured out how to do everything, including shut off the fans. But they won't release an app that does that because who would want to actually shut off the fans? You know, it just burn you out. So mm-hmm. Apple, Apple, uh, why am I cutting in and out here? Apple runs uh, the fans. Their spec says that they go from uh, 1,000 RPM to 6,000. So 1,000 is the minimum the fan will run, and then 6,000 is the max. You can change that minimum all the way up to 6,000. So I did a little experiment today. Uh, my machine was running at about 68 degrees centigrade, and I cranked the fans up to 6,000. And uh, it took about 10 seconds to, to for them to fully ramp up, and it shows you what speed they're running at currently, so mm-hmm. you can kind of monitor this. And uh, at the at the at ten seconds later, so at the twenty second mark, the temperature was already down ten degrees to fifty seven degrees centigrade, and the top, kind of above the keyboard, there was was now room temperature. It had actually you know dissipated all the all the heat off of that, and uh, and it wasn't burning me anymore. After another uh, well another forty seconds at the sixty second mark, it was down fifteen degrees to fi- about fifty two degrees centigrade at the ninety second mark it was down twenty degrees to forty seven and then I let it run for a little while and it actually got all the way down into the low forties now this is with the machine running at approximately half load uh, on both cores, so not you know not full tilt, but very rarely do do most of us run full tilt. A hundred percent of the time. So I, I was trying to run a couple of things. I had some YouTube videos going as I was testing this. Um, but of course, the fans running a lot. Both fans are. It's loud at six thousand RPM, and presumably also drains you know battery life. So mm-hmm. I I started playing around with it. I set it to three K, so you know half of of the the maximum, and that quieted it down quite a bit. And even that held it at fifty degrees centigrade. It wouldn't really go above that. I then throttled it down to two K. So really only a thousand RPM, double the RPM of the, uh, of the fan of the, you know, of the, of the default and that held it at 60 K. And then of course, back down at, at one, it, it clocked up nearly, uh, near, near 70. So nice. Yeah. Nice. 
Now, speaking of fan speed and yep. temperatures, yep. Um, this is a so, other so that's, app that that's we called, Let me just uh, finish that. It's SMC mm-hmm. Fan Control, uh, and, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for it. But, uh, but there you go. So, yes, speaking of fans, John. Um, another thing that was suggested, and actually something I've been running for a while, but we didn't mention it along with you know, our you know, must-have apps, but there's a nice little um, dashboard uh, widget. What, what are they called? Yeah, yeah we'll whatever. call it a widget. Uh, called iStat Pro. Yep. Have you used this? There's a junior one. I think iStat Nano, which doesn't tell you a lot. Okay. This tells you everything. And at least on my uh, my G5, my dual G5 here, yeah. it will tell me the temperature of all of the temperature sensors. But then even more fascinating, it tells me the RPM of each individual fan. Now, does this work with the Intel stuff? Because I know that they were having a hard time I... getting those sensors to report. At least anywhere through the Mac, so don't have an Intel Mac, so right. I couldn't run the thing that you just talked about because I tried to run it and it sure, said, sure, yeah. So, uh, so I do not know, but it definitely, okay. you know, of course, works. Uh, but but it's nice. It tells you that. It tells you yeah, all sorts of stuff. We'll uh, okay. we'll put a link to that as well. But it's a it's a very nice tool. The only downside is, I guess, it's a dashboard. Right. Thing. Right. Um, all right. Uh, well, let's let's move on and let's. Uh, Let's move on to our keyboard shortcut discussion from last week. We had quite a bit of follow-up feedback from that. And we'll let Jim, who had a question for us last week, talk about something, and then we'll follow up with, with something else we got. Hi, John and Dave. This is Jim again. Thank you for uh, highlighting my uh, call and uh, talking about the uh, scroll lock key. Haven't found a problem, found an issue to fix that problem yet. Um, one of the things I also um, teach it's on Mac um, and one of the um, short keyboard shortcuts that I use most often is, one, I do Apple Shift A and have the kids type the first few letters of the um, application. Um, that goes right to the Applications folder. If I type in the first two or letters of the application, it goes right to and highlights that letter for them. Um, that works with the um, folders um, in the Finder, and that is one is I use often. The other one is Apple Shift U. By going to Apple Shift U, I go right to the utilities folder. Um, Apple K goes right to the browser um, so that I can search the network. Those are the three that I use most often along with Apple Q, um, Apple Shift Q to log out. Um, but just teaching the kids and those sort of things, um, that's what I use. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Bye. Okay, so just to uh, thank you, Jim, uh, just to be clear, those are three uh, keystrokes that he talked about command shift a command shift u and command k that's all finder based stuff so you're not you can't do that from within say itunes and have it jump you to your applications folder right and if if you want to see a couple of others uh, and i saw where you got him if you go to the go menu yep the finder yep that's right. a couple others like computer home uh idisk uh but very handy i i i had not really uh really paid attention to those. So that's, yep. a, that's a nice way to zip around. Now, now, Jim had uh, had mentioned that he was having an issue uh, last week, and he referenced it again this week, with his Belkin KVM uh, switch where the scroll lock key was causing it to reboot Max. We got a note from Bill, and uh, Bill said, you know, it, it, it drives him crazy. He's a consultant. He says it drives him crazy, though it, of course, drives him business when people don't really try and solve their problems themselves. Now, it's interesting because Jim seems like a fairly knowledgeable guy here and and clearly has tried to solve this problem. But doing a search for Belkin KVM scroll lock Macintosh yields a Mac OS X hints forum message uh, that 
details this problem and its solution in its entirety. And w- without going through it, uh, we'll, we'll just put a link to it in the show notes so that uh, so that anyone out there who's who's looking for this can uh, can find it. And uh, and I'll actually go back and put it in last week's show notes too, just to increase the Google Mojo on it. But uh, Mojo, the Google, yeah, Mojo. Right? But, you know, I got to say, some sites don't really have uh, areas where it's too easy to uh, to find a solution to your problem. So I don't know if That's it was true. just buried in the in the bowels of uh, you know the Bel- Belkin. It was. Oh no it was no buried. no! It's not at Belkin site. Sorry. It, it's it, it it's a Mac OS Ten Hints forum discussion about about the problem. But but searching for it that way uh, in Google seemed to work. But no, I don't think there was anything at the Belkin site specifically about it. So because Google makes everybody smart. It does. It, or at least it makes you seem smart. Now a lot of you smart people wrote in about an app called Quicksilver. Uh, that that I tried last year when again a lot of you wrote in about it um, and said wow I can't I can't believe you talked about keyboard shortcuts or shortcuts in general and didn't mention Quicksilver and so I went again and said okay let me check this thing out and and what it does is it and I know that all you Quicksilver people are going to scream about this so trust me just bear with me here similar to Spotlight gives you a one keystroke access to a palette, if you will, and then you start typing. Once it finds things similar to Spotlight, although from what I could see, it it was a lot faster than Spotlight. Once it finds things, you can simply open them or apply a multitude of different actions to them. So you can open it, or depending on what it is, they're all context sensitive. You can, uh, uh, you know, open it up or add it as a bookmark. You can email it. You can copy it. It's got. Uh, hooks for for transmit so you can use it to ftp things very very cool and the way that it searches the, the you know with with safari with sorry with with safari the cold's getting to me with spotlight the characters that you type all have to pretty much be together in order for spotlight to find it with this it was finding things in a very very fluid way uh, very cool. So it, it it wasn't it wasn't even so much that that typing uh, the phrase was what you were looking for. You're just kind of hitting, hitting related keystrokes related to what you're looking for, and it it came up with this stuff. So very very cool. Uh, it nice. difficult to to explain. You got to go check it out and walk through it a little bit to see if you can't kind of grok what uh, what it's about there. And you know, the, cool the one little comment, but yeah. I don't put the word spotlight and fluid in the same sentence usually. No. It's probably my one complaint about spotlight. It's that it's it's spastic. Yeah, spotlight is not Jumpy. as fluid as Quicksilver. That's the sentence that it uh, that it goes into. The only <laughs> thing that, yeah, I'd like to see in the next version of OS X is that they made spotlight just a little smoother. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's surprise. You'll see something, and you're like, oh, it found it. And then you try to click on it, and you it can't. goes away. Yeah, yeah crazy Mm -hmm. the other app that that lots and lots and lots of you mentioned was butler uh which and i I think i'm i'm grokking this right i spent i don't know maybe 20 minutes with it today so if i totally miss the point tell me but it it adds two little menu bars up that one of them is basically an app launcher ish menu bar that you can configure and it also lists open apps and that sort of thing and then the other is a I'll call it an internet menu uh, item where you can search things, you can look things up. It, 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 it's got all kinds of links to different search engines and, uh, 
and you can type right there in the menu bar and, and have it search Google and, and, and that sort of thing. A lot of people talked about this, said it, you know, it saves them a lot of time. So if I'm missing something with Butler, please, please send in an audio comment, you know, and explain it for us uh, and for the benefit of, uh, of you listening as well. Because I, I always hate to, to miss the point of an app. So if I missed Quicksilver, if there's something even better about Quicksilver, tell us about that too. It was the butler with the candlestick in the study. <laughs> Very nice. And one thing that we, we did miss last week, which I can't believe because you and I, because of where we came from, is this. Being veterans. The veterans. Being- Oops. Wrong, wrong one. Here we go. Hey, guys. Uh, just listening to your latest podcast, and you were talking about keyboard shortcuts, and you were describing the names of the different keys. And the one in particular that you missed was for the command or Apple key. Uh, us old school uh, people like myself, I started on a 2GS as my first Apple computer, and I still refer to it as Open Apple. So uh, anyway, just wanted to drop that little note, and I uh, love the show. Talk to you guys later. All right, now this is get, this gets really geeky because, well, that's what the show is. Um, it, he's right. It it. On the GS, we had Open Apple, the the Apple with the black outline with with you know white, uh, presumably in the middle, like we see on the Mac, and then there was Closed Apple, which was the same thing but solid, or sometimes it was called Solid Apple, but I pretty much remember it being Open Apple and Closed Apple. Then when we came to the Mac, there was no Apple on the Command key; it was something completely different. A short time later, Apple started putting the Apple back on there to kind of maintain the consistency of experience uh, from the people that were using the the more windowed apps. Mouse. What was the name of that word processor in ProDOS on the GS? Was that Mouseworks? Micro. Man, I can't remember it. But it was it was a GUI word processor and it, it used a lot of Apple commands. Huh. Uh, open Apple, you know, oh, to open files and, and that sort of thing. So, so they wanted to to preserve that workflow, and uh, and and so there it was. It wasn't just that app; it was other apps too. So they started with what? Just the Clover? Yep. On the first Macs? Yep. Oh, yep. Which everybody was like, "What the heck is that?" Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, people people looked there? at the Mac and said, "What the heck is that?" Right. I mean, right. To right. be fair, so <laughs> it, it's not like it was. Wow, this is all so familiar, except for this weird key. No, it was. You know, this this was an alien machine. So, yeah. Did they have this on the two E? The open and closed, or was the GS the first one? Hmm. I know yeah. I had it on my two C. Yeah, I think the two E may have had it. I think so. I think it that was my been. first. That was my first machine. Yeah. The, yeah. I think it did. Yeah, I think the two E. Certain. I think it did. I think it did. Um, I'll have to find All right, a good tips. picture. Yeah. Uh, one other thing to clarify that uh, that McKay found was when you're doing Command Tab to uh, to look through all your apps. If you hit the Q key, as John pointed out, you can quit apps. H will actually hide the uh, currently selected app, and that way you can kind of clean up your your workspace. To take that one step further, if you're navigating through the Finder and use Command O to open an app, uh, if you if you use say the uh, shortcut from Jim before and you hit you know Command A or Command Shift A rather to get to the Apps folder, you navigate through to the app and then Command O to open it. If you want your Finder windows to close behind you, if you hold down the Option key, so Command Option O, bam, it will 
close the window and open the app. So for those and the one you, I found, yeah, uh, it's not Apple Shift tilde. It's just Apple tilde. That's right. Circulate among the windows. Yeah. It works if you hold down Shift, but you don't have right. to. Which means it's not tilde at all, right? It's it's backwards. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Whatever you call it. Whatever you call that key. <laughs> It's just because I know what the tilde is, and I don't know what the other thing is. That's right. Reverse reverse quote, maybe? Is that what it's called? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Could be. Uh, whatever. All right. So we have a comment here from someone <laughs> that I Some... wasn't going to play when I first heard it, but it, it's just so, it, darn, gotta... so darned ironic that uh, that I have to. And, you know, I, I think we're just going to let it play, and, and if you get the... Uh, the joke on top of the joke, because there's a joke explained in this, and this has to do with our uh-huh. error between the chair and the keyboard. Well, we'll see. We'll see if we can hold our hold our mouths shut. So here we uh, here we go. You were um, talking about errors, and uh, you had a saying that there's a uh, there's an error between the uh, the seat and the keyboard. <laughs> and uh, I used to do uh, a little bit of tech support myself, and. Uh, we had a little saying uh, whenever we came across a user error, and um, this was not quite a genius bar where we would say this, but there would be a, a team of us all reviewing uh, uh, products that uh, have been coming in for repair, and if the customer was on the other side of the counter, we would just say it's an ID10T error uh, to each other. and. Uh, of course, the customer wouldn't understand what we were talking about, but uh, it was our inside joke. And what an ID10T error is, is um, I ask you to get a little piece of paper and write this down while I tell you. Right. But it's write, the, write these uh, numbers and letters down, comes. and you'll get it. Uh, the letter I, as in Enigma, the letter D, as in David, then the number 10, so one zero, and then finally the letter T, as in Thomas. And you will understand exactly what an ID 10T error is. Anyway, um, I just let you in on the inside joke. Thanks. I got to think that I that was is intentional. An enigma. Right? Did you get that? I is an enigma. I, D is in David. One. I can only zero, imagine that. T is in Tom. We'll just let listener, that go. That's right. I I think he must have done that just to be extra funny. I I, I only hope so. But we uh, we 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 kept uh, his or her name out of it just uh, to protect the to avoid severe guilty. embarrassment. That's right. I wow, are you ready? You as in the, enigma. We're, oh my gosh! Time just flies when we're well, yeah. Gavin. That's right. Uh, you know we have that frapper map. So go ahead and add your pin to it and. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to uh, to Corey and all the folks at the Mac OSG podcast. Um, and the Frapper Map reminded me of it. We had a great time hanging out with them at uh, PME at the at the pool party barbecue thing. And uh, and so I just wanted to say hi to Corey if you're if you're looking for another Mac podcast, go check that one out. Those guys those guys have a lot of fun. There's five of them, so some of you may not like that many people. Chaos, but, uh, but it, it, no, it's not chaos though. That's the thing. They do a good job. So, uh, hi, Corey. Uh, and 
in addition to the Frapper map, what are we? Well, we have nation states that we're playing, and things are getting interesting on nation states. We've actually got some people making a play for the uh, for the delegate option with the uh, mm. with, with our nation or with our uh, with our region, which is which basically gives you some voting power at the United Nations, and also depending on how much status you have, you can throw people out uh, if you're the delegate. Uh, we've we've kept the delegate thing. Mm. Uh, it hasn't been outside of what I'll say our inner circle of just people that, that we know personally. Uh, I've had it at a time. My brother's had it. It's kind of bounced around. But there's, there's someone... He was actually asking me to... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll talk I'm to you later. To... I'll talk to you later about it. But yeah, it's gotten yeah. interesting. So uh, if you are going to get the delegate, that's great. But, you know, just don't start throwing people out. That's just not, not cool. And I, I, I... I understand that there's someone out there impersonating me, you know, telling people that they are me. And I'm not going to say who they uh, are. Yeah. Unacceptable. Now, now, my nation's developing space weapons. I'm having a lot of fun. Oh, that's good. You know me. I'm going for the anarchy. I'm trying. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to get and the out. space weapons aren't quite perfected, so I I don't. So for the people that I've given them to, mm-hmm. just be careful. You may yeah. toast your own nation. That that would be sad. <laughs> uh, so next week we'll uh, we've got a ton of feedback to go through, of course, um, and uh, and so that's that. We'll uh, we'll we'll cover that, and of course anything you folks send in between now and then will be uh, will be covered as well. Mm-hmm. Cashfly hosting is where you've downloaded this podcast. On our podcast marketplace this month, we've got this 6i isolator earphones from Edemotic, the A5 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, and TeachMac from TeachMac.com. Wow. You know what I hear, Dave? I hear that, that uh, we're part of the uh, Backbeat Media Podcast Network. We are part of the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. Proud members, Excellent. even. That's right. Uh, and I think that's it. We're uh, Oh Yeah, we, we always want the comments. iTunes, uh, yeah. Podcast Alley. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Please. We love hearing what you uh, what you think about what we do here. Positive, negative, and everything in between. Yeah, and we'll play the positive ones. <laughs> we will. <laughs> uh, Gmail invites, we've still got some. 206-666-GEEK. MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. Skype your messages to MacGeekGab. Check out the show notes at MacGeekGab.com. And if you had some advice for him, what would it be? Don't get caught. Exactly. Made up.